This episode of the Writer's Advice podcast is brought to you by my journal series. So the journal series by Olivia Hillier, you can buy these in a pack on my website or you can buy these separately. And this is everything that you want as a writer and a reader. This includes the writer's journal. So if you are currently working on a manuscript right now, whether it's your fifth, whether it's your 10th, whether it's your absolute first, this writer's journal is going to help you get everything that's going on in your mind out onto paper. It is about how to create 3D characters and it's going to prompt you to really create your characters, bring them to life. It's going to do the exact same for the world that you are creating, the different scenes that you want to create within the book. It gives you a full breakdown, a chapter outline of how you want to bring it all together, exactly how to create the plot climax and you get to do the full brain dump of absolutely everything that you're creating all in this journal as well as be held accountable to getting your greatest work done at the end there is also the tbr journal so being a new year i'm sure that you all have a very very long tbr it's probably just the exact same as mine and i'm going to add another one today thanks to this incredible author to that but this is a great book for you and your friends to dive into particularly if you have a book club you add your whole tbr at the start track how many um, pages that you've read each day each book and then there's a whole section for each book of your favorite moment your overall review your um favorite quote. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have the journal right in front of me right now, but there are so many great things that you get to put down, everything you loved about this book, five stars, whatever star rating that you want to give it is all in there, all in one. And I think that you can put up to 200, 250 books in there. So it's definitely going to get you through a couple of years. They are all available at oliviahillier.com or you can get them on Amazon. So there's also a new one coming. There is also a new one coming very soon that I am sure many writers are going to love and particularly listeners of this podcast. So if you want to find out what that one is, make sure that you are signed up to my mailing list, um, which is through, once again, the link in this episode. (laughs) All right, guys, I've talked so much today and I'm so excited to share this particular podcast with you. So let's get into it. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I am joined by Liz Foster, who you are hot on the debut of your new book, The The Good Woman's Guide to Making Better Choices, which I absolutely devoured. Like it was such a good read and very complex. There's so much, so much to it. And it wasn't the ending that I was expecting, but I kind of loved it at the same time. I'm I'm really glad it went that way. But uh, so much to get into. But thank you so much for joining us, Liz. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a real thrill to be talking to you about my book. And and you're one of the first people I've spoken to, actually, Olivia, that's that's read it, that's obviously outside my immediate world of people that have to say they like it. So <laughs> it's really good. No, I absolutely I absolutely loved it. And there's actually a uh... I don't want to, yeah, I'll get I'll get to some points without getting giving too much away. But to start sure. with, 
well, I want to know how this came about. Like how, when was the moment where you're like, okay, cool. I want to write a book because this is your debut. You're going for it and you're going for it in such a bold and beautiful way. So I want to know, yeah, where did this start and, and how, did, yeah, how did it all come to be? <laughs> well, it's so funny you say it's so bold and beautiful because for me, it's quite normal. So I must just be a bit weird because <laughs> it just, to me, it's just a perfectly ordinary story. Um so it's actually the second book that I've written, my, oh. my first manuscript, which, of course, I love and think is wonderful and and look at in my top drawer every day, um, did not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the second book I've written. And obviously, I did get better at it because I was lucky enough to be picked up by a publisher. Um, but I've always loved creative writing. So I was I was ill a few years ago, seven or eight years ago, and had a long recuperation And I was at the stage where I was better, um, but it takes a long time for your body to recover. And really, it was really very, very boring. So I was just hanging around, annoying everybody. Everyone had to be nice to me, but I'm sure I was just getting on their nerves. Um, And I couldn't say anything. And in the end, my dear, beloved husband, who was doing all of the heavy lifting and managing the family and working and cooking and everything, said to me look you know I know that you don't want all this time off but you do have it so why don't you take the opportunity to do something with it like I don't know write a book and he obviously just made it up right off the top of his head go and write a book and I thought it's not a bad idea (laughs) so I literally googled there and then creative writing courses I found some delightful ones Uh, I'm in Sydney uh, Australia and The Australian Writers' Centre is based in Sydney. Mm -hmm. They do online courses as well, but they also do face-to-face courses. So I went to some lovely little evening classes on creative writing and, you know, everything's so wonderful and new and, wow, you know, at the time you walk in, you're writing everything down. It's like, wow, this is amazing. And I look back on those notes now and I've written things like um, Kill Your Darlings and, (laughs) you know, stuff that's, all every single writer is very familiar with but of course it was all a revelation to us us newbies so it was wonderful and fun I loved it and yeah I just took it from there I started to write wrote the first novel which didn't go anywhere and kept going and and here we are I love that I love that so much and I didn't, I didn't know the Australian Author Centre did actually in-person ones too so that's that's amazing because yeah they're they're online all over Australia, maybe all over the world. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, that's really great. And so many they great do. people come out of their their courses. So it's they do amazing. the Australian Writers Centre actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, did I say that? Did I say something else? <laughs> I think you said Authors Centre. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they've got um, a lot of different um, yeah writing courses, which I I also do highly recommend. But oh, have, were you I reading in the same genre? Did you know that you were going to write in the same genre? Was the first book similar? Mm. How did you know kind of what stories that you wanted to be like? Yeah, okay, this is this is my the one I want to give life to essentially. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, I as a reader love most genres. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of dystopian, I have to say. I think I was sort of scarred by something I was forced to read at school, you know, the old experience. Um, but everything else, pretty much, I like. And, and that's why I'm a member of a book club, because you get given books you would never ordinarily read. And, and I, would, I would pretty much dip my toe in every genre. But in terms of what I would want to write, 
I really found myself gravitating towards stuff that has always made me smile. I would hate to write something that wouldn't make people, people smile. You know, I want to write something that that resonates with people, that takes them away from their daily life, but that they can also relate to. They're all real yeah. people. It's not uh, historical. It's not futuristic. It's not um, fantasy. It's real people that you could think, gosh, you know, that could be me or my neighbour or my sister. And at the same time, I wanted to write something as I said, that would really uh, feel uplifting and 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 make you want to read it, but also brighten up your day because there's there's a lot of darkness in the world at the moment, and I feel like you know a good book is is the place that anyone can take refuge. So yeah, I was very very drawn to writing something that would put a smile on people's faces. Absolutely, and it is very very feel good. But at the same time, you must be so you must have been so stoked when you saw the cover because like I feel like. The- cover is exactly what you just explained like you're going to be drawn to this in a bookstore and be like if anyone who's just listening to this and they're not looking at at the video definitely go and google (laughs) the picture of the good woman's guy because honestly it's um yeah it's really beautiful it gives you gives you those feels straight up oh I, i adore the cover and i can genuinely say hand on heart that that is true because what happens is, of course, you have no say in the cover at all uh, when you're traditionally published. And I've spent I've spent so many years thinking about being published and, and really being down the self-publishing path, to be honest. Um, whilst I was pitching, at the end of the day, I enjoyed writing. I wanted to have an audience. Um, I'm not going to be the next J.K. Rowling or, or Leanne Moriarty, but if I could find an audience, then wonderful. So whilst thinking about self-publishing in all those years of course I'm thinking about the marketing tools uh, the promotion and the book design and I had uh, I've saved a few uh, books in my phone in my favorites I've got a folder of of covers which I was gravitating towards you know and I was starting to inch towards thinking look I'm going to self-publish I might just start to brief a designer and see what they come up with and honestly this cover came through from a firm I was so nervous I opened the email it was about six or seven o'clock at night and it said in capitals drum roll cover reveal of course it was a pdf you had to open I I couldn't look at it it was like getting exam results all those years ago I just literally shielded my eyes my daughter who works in publishing PR was was sitting there and I just said you have to open it I can't look because then I knew I could just look at her face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I know her so well that I knew if she kind of composed her face in a in a very tactful oh it's really good mum uh way then I knew that it nah, nah, it wouldn't be but her whole face lit up she said oh mum it's great and she turned to to show me and honestly I can't cannot think if I had briefed a designer because my my background is is marketing and I've briefed hundreds of um designs for for products in my life and and flyers and all sorts of things if I had to write a brief I don't think there is a single thing on that cover that I would change oh my gosh I love that so that's just like meant to be like I know yeah yeah that is it's just lovely really really lovely and and the best part for me again with a designy type eye is uh they've sent me through all the different elements so anyone that's seen the cover or, or 
might look at the cover after hearing this um, interview, you'll see that the border has got lots of pictures. There's some pictures of some native flowers, but there's also a goat. There's some goat's cheese. There's a violin and there's a, a woman on a swing. So um, my publishers sent me through all the different layers. So I'm just using them all in different. I do a newsletter and I do an email and I've got a website and I've just got like the woman on the swing coming in and then I've got yeah. a goat appearing. Oh my God, I love <laughs> it, that. That's so great. That's yeah, like, oh, it's so aligned too to be able to do that. That's so great. I know, but also how lucky am I that, that it was great because if they'd done a cover that really I didn't like, or it would have been difficult. And as an as a debut author, um, uh, as an author of fifty books, I'm sure, but certainly as a debut, you're you don't want to push back too much. But on the other hand, if you don't like something, it's difficult because you still have to put yourself behind it, give interviews, and possibly talk at writers' events. And you know, you don't want to sit there and go, oh, yeah, you know, the cover's all right. <laughs> you want to be able to back it. A hundred percent, and it's it's really interesting because I I don't think I've had a really in depth conversation about covers actually on on this podcast yet, but <laughs> we do. Like everyone's like, don't judge a book by its cover, obviously, but we do. Like we do. It is all we you see. Do. It's the face. A hundred percent. It's all yeah. you see. And and again, when all of the uh, months or years really that I've spent um, learning about self publishing, which by the way has been invaluable because it, I've employed it in a newsletter and a website and on social and it's all the same stuff really you're just promoting yourself yeah um but all that stuff that I learned has just sorry I've just lost my train of thought there Olivia you're gonna have to I started to ramble and then I just went oh what was it um everything you learned from self-publishing perhaps that comes oh yeah 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 so everything I learned from all my experience learning about self-publishing was it drills down to three essential elements that sell your book. I mean, and and by the way, it's a given, therefore, that the content's good and that the story's good because we assume if you get to that point, then the story's good enough. It's just that yeah. there's millions out there. So what are the three elements? They are the design, mm -hmm. the blurb, and the title. Yeah. And so I spent so much time thinking about it. And of course, the title is different, very different to what I had. Um, but that's OK. The publisher nursed me towards it. And OK, that's fine. I was a little concerned about the word guide because it's not a guide. And she said, look, honestly, it's it'll be very obvious from from the design that it's not actually, you know, a clinical guide. Yeah, it, it's a story. Yeah, yeah. And I have to admit the title drags you in. Like it's a, a very like, oh, I need to know more about that. And that's when you turn to the blurb. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great. But you need to, we've spoken so much about it now. I feel like we really need to give the audience um a bit of a, a synopsis. So give us a bit of a rundown of, of what people can expect. When they, um, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, so the book uh, features our main protagonist Libby and Libby grew up on a goat farm in Beechworth Victoria which is a rural town it's absolutely beautiful in north east Victoria and she is married to Ludo who is a financial entrepreneur sort of self-made man they live in a glitzy penthouse in Bondi 
obviously a real place too. <laughs> and their children live with them. They are Harrison, who is in the last year at the Conservatorium of Music, and their daughter Anna is 11 and she's just about to start high school. So life is pretty good. Um, Libby, being the original country girl, does miss the farm and the kids love it too. But Ludo's very much look at our beautiful life in Bondi and she, she knows that she's lucky and she has a great time. She's very fulfilled. She's a graphic designer. She has a couple of clients, but really it's just Ludo's business that she works for. And then one day Ludo uh, wants to host a dinner party at the house. And he says, this is a, this is a pitch to some of our investors. So he runs a, a business with a, part, with a business partner and it's to do with funding uh, startups. So he says, look, we need it. We need new investors. We're going to do this business pitch at the house. And they have this dinner party and these people come along and it's successful. And they all invest in the business. And what happens after that is probably not a spoiler because it is, in fact, on the first page. He gets arrested. And this was inspired sort of pretty much from the Melissa Caddick uh, stuff, although it's it's not quite the same type of fraud, but... He gets arrested, thrown into jail, and Libby suddenly finds she's lost everything. So um, she feels complicit because, well, she was at the dinner party and these people have lost money. At the same time, she's loyal. She's loyal to her husband. She's loyal to the kids. It's her son's last year at school, which is key. Um, but they've got no money. They've been thrown out of their house. They've got, you know, everything's been taken. So she's got to work out a way to keep the balls in the air, be relatively normal, still stand by her husband because, you know, she's not saying he did the right thing. But, well, you know, we are married. Like, we've got a family. We've got to kind of get through it and um, sort of take it from there. So stuff happens after that and it's probably not what you would expect as you said at the beginning of the book but uh... yeah that's that's what I love about it as well and there's, there were so many things I was thinking about when going through this and it's really interesting how you said oh you know I like to write books about people who could be you know it could be your sister this could be happening to your neighbor and I literally was thinking these things when I'm reading through the book of like well yeah like this is a very realistic yeah. you know you don't actually know what's going on behind closed doors in a lot of people's lives and this no. a lot of that up and I love that so it's really good yeah I need to know how this story got to and uh, came to you, but also I feel like there's a lot of research that's gone into this general, like the like the legality stuff. Did you have to like learn a lot of different things? Ah, so look, I did. Um, and when I started writing it, the first and second drafts was all, which I just love doing first drafts. I know other authors don't, but, but I love them because you just go la, 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 and just write any old thing that you want. And then, of course, you go back to it, you think, oh, that pro I probably couldn't put that. And in fact, I just made that up. So I'd have to check that. <laughs> anyway, so I got to that point and I had written it as a, as I said, a, a sort of Ponzi scheme, like the Melissa Caddick fraud. Hers was a classic Ponzi scheme and she was taking money from people and, and paying previous investors with the new money. Yeah. That's how I started writing it. And then this was all, It's a. this is a lockdown book. So I wrote it all in lockdown, workshopped all of the plot points with my family in our lunch time. And there was a lady that was a, a financial expert, a sort of expert in law and finance that was being quoted in the papers at the time on the Caddick case. This was before Melissa Caddick disappeared and um, ICAC had just sort of 
caught up with her and it was being reported on. Anyway, she was basically giving her to Bobsworth in the paper. So I thought, oh, she seems like someone that knows stuff. I'll just email her and say hi. And and bear in, keep in mind, Olivia, that whilst I've got literally 0.01 of a status now as a soon-to-be debut author, I was literally nobody at this point. I'm just a random person emailing a professor at the university going, hi, I'm a writer. I don't actually have anything yet, but... <laughs> But one day I will. I, I didn't have I didn't have a publisher, nothing. I'm just la la la. Um, anyway, anyway, I'm writing a book about da da da. Can you help? Well, bless her, of course, it's lockdown and everyone's just, you know, desperate for any sign of light relief. So she said, Yes, yes, I can help. So we had a couple of Zooms. She was just wonderful. And she gave, wrote me a couple of long emails. And the long and short of it was that um we couldn't do a Ponzi scheme because they take years and years and years to prosecute. And, and even um, Melissa Caddick, the day that um, ICAC, is it ICAC or no, ASIC? Anyway, the, the yeah. fraud squad, yeah. as it were, came to the house and then she disappeared the next day. That was after years of complaints of people losing money. So Pamela, the professor, said this to me. And, she, and of course, my story is more or less end-to-end a year there's a prologue and an epilogue Mm -hmm. either side but it's pretty much a calendar year and I and I just couldn't stretch it and I didn't want to it wasn't the story so you had a full draft at that point like well I had I I knew how it would end and I knew the time span I knew how long he had to go to jail because of other things that were happening so it all had to be sort of very specific so I thought well I can't have the the drama of the initial arrest or the initial um, uh, house search, if you like, and then Mm. three years of hanging around. Even then, I think I condensed it through um, creative writing, (laughs) which you're allowed to do sometimes. I think I might have sort of brought forward the elements because all five months and even then that was but that's probably quite tight but anyway Pamela the professor said look make it a um, fraudulent startup so what they do is they they're a firm at Ludo and his partner have a firm where they invest in um, startups and she said everyone's everyone's investing in fintech and medtech and yeah. green tech at the moment and without really doing due diligence they're just throwing money in and then sometimes those companies really aren't what they are um well at that point as an investor you've lost your money that's fine that's kind of on you but if yeah. the company continues to fraudulently fundraise then that becomes the fraud so that was the angle with ludo and his partner and i just Managed, I, I changed it to that because on her advice to make it quicker and and then I had a police woman uh, a police officer should I say who um chimed in to, on one of the chats that I was on and that was brilliant because of course I had written the whole arrest scene like an episode from Law and Order which I understand is not in this country <laughs> does not happen but you know I'm saying da 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 people are reading out the Miranda rights and so I don't think that would actually happen but you know in the first draft it was all fine but when it came to actually making it a little bit sharper I thought oh no so a police officer helped me with 
um, you know, the legalities and the actual what would be said and what would happen and where belongings would be taken. So that, that was only a small part, but it was still very helpful. <laughs> it's so interesting because, like, you know, especially when you're writing about things, you've got to make it real. But what you said, too, is, like, you kind of have to, in some situations, to make things tie together. It's like making it realistic so that, like, you know, if someone is a lawyer and they start to, like, oh, you know, this is too far-fetched, you need to make it realistic. But at the same time, you can... It's yeah. finding that balance between, right? That it's like, oh, there's going to be mm. some things we see it in TV shows, we see it in books all the time. So it's got to yeah, add the creative flair just to fit everything together. I yes. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Like, I, you know, everything's just in the acknowledgements, basically. <laughs> I, might, I might have stretched this a little bit and any mistakes are all mine, all these wonderful, clever people that helped me. I'm really sorry <laughs> if I changed things. So, like, for example, I put the, the jail had to move it over the border because there is a jail in Beechworth. And again, that was one of the inspirations for the book, this uh, this white-collar prison. I thought, well, you know, prison and he lives in Bondi and she comes from a farm. Yep, that works nicely. And then, again, my expert said, oh, no, if you're if you're convicted in a state in Australia, you have to, you're jailed within that state. Uh, so I thought, oh, and I, I did think to myself, no, that's one thing that I can't. I can't just stick him in jail over the border. But luckily, Beechworth is near the border. So I just invented a jail in Albury. <laughs> and that's where he is. <laughs> and you can do that. Like, I actually, I loved how you... You can do that. Like, I, I wouldn't even know. Like, I would have no idea that there was no, no jail. But some Albury. people would. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some yeah. people would. You've got to be, you've got to be, yeah, yeah. It's strange because you, like, really are you questioning that you're so lost in the story. But at the same time, when you're dealing with real places, you've got to be, I, yeah. I don't know, careful of, like, how you put things together, I guess. But, um, no, it it all works out and it's it's so perfect. But... I want to know what's happening now. Is there something else that you're you're working on? Is it yeah? What, what kind of stories are coming through you next? Yes. So I've got, as I said, my my first baby still in the drawer, um, and I have finished my third novel, which is a sort of second draft. I'm quite excited about it. it. Feels it just feels like it's come together, and it's uh, got two female protagonists. They're both jurors on the same jury obviously yeah. they do not know each other so the story follows each of their individual stories and then um, the jury scenes so wow. we, we the reader are following the case as they are as jurors and then we sort of follow them into the jury room and follow the discussions and uh, basically the long and short of it is that one of the jurors one of these women is pretty convinced the guy's guilty um, and the other's pretty convinced he's innocent neither you know going to budge but by the end of the case they both changed their minds wow and 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 that plays out in the themes of their lives as well but but again it's pretty light that sounds heavy it's it's just the same sort of lightness as this book this is actually what I love about your writing is you can explore those deeper concepts but in a lighter way like there's no there's it's not super heavy at all but you know there's some things in there that you think oh well if that happened in my life I'd be a mess like yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time it's light you know yeah yeah and and you have to find the lightness I mean when I was sick you know so I still laugh a lot with some of my other friends about some of the things that happened to us but I but I appreciate that not everybody else will <laughs> so I won't share any of that with you but um, yes, it's just 
you know, relating, life is relatable mm -hmm. and stuff happens. And I think, you know, if you can find the lightness in any dire situation, you can always find a way through. You know, I think of someone like Marion Keyes, who I really think is the most wonderful writer in the world that just laugh out loud the whole way through. But she has written some pretty dark stuff. I mean, Rachel's Holiday is about addiction and it is graphic. If you've ever read that book, you know, there is some very heavy detail in it and you're reading it just, you, you're just drawn into this awful world of her friends and family who love her, who want her to be, uh, get better and she just doesn't recognise it in herself. And it's it's so vivid and yet at the same time you're laughing. <laughs> you're laughing the whole way through and you know, I just, if I could be sort of 1% of the writer that Marion Keyes is, then, then that would be job done for me because I just think she's wonderful at writing about real life and, and still making you smile at it's the same time. It's beautiful art. I agree. I think it's like like exactly what the world needs and I haven't read that book and so I'm adding it to my list right now. Thank you. Do. <laughs> Rachel's Holiday. Yeah. And, there's, and there's a sequel, 20 Years Apart, God Love Her, but the sequel only came out last year, which is, again, oh. Rachel also brilliant but you must read Rachel's Holiday first okay done adding it to my list thank you very much for that and I'm very <laughs> excited for this next one of yours too I mean this just came out so everyone needs to everyone needs to get their hands Yay! on the good woman's guide to making better choices it'll be available at all 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 bookstores everywhere won't it be um highly recommend and uh, but actually I've got a question for you first so there are a lot of writers that are listening into this episode so what kind of advice would you give to a writer who might be working on their first manuscript looking at you know options or getting published or maybe they're even just thinking about starting their first book what's some some advice that you would give to someone who's you know sure book? well I love writing so it was never a chore for me but um at the same time when I got to the point where I pretty much had a book or I thought I had a book I like well, what do I do now I did not know one single soul in the publishing world. I didn't know any writers. So off I chuffed to the Australian Writers' Centre courses and, and I start joining forums and all the advice which I took and which I fully recommend is to engage with other writers. So, and I'm not just talking about in forums, I'm talking about in real life. So I have been to many writers' festivals by myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't flown anywhere, but, you know, I've been down the coast, up the coast, um, booked a and b for a couple of nights. I, I understand not everyone's comfortable with doing that kind of thing, but I am really happy to spend time on my own. Believe me, yeah. I'm a bit of a break from the family, to be yeah. honest. So, <laughs> so off I would go. And um, it was delightful because you would you would see authors there. And you'd recognise them. And I'd just have these fan moments where I'd, my heart would palpitate. And I'd think, oh, there's Joanna Mell over there. Oh, And then, of course, she's just a regular, delightful person. And once you meet her, she's super helpful. And it's the same with everyone. So little tips, you know, you, 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 you feel like you don't know anything, but, but it really helps your writing because uh, you start to, join in and ask questions and then they share the wonderful beautiful people that share stuff you never would have come across such as this is what a manuscript assessment looks like I'd never even heard of such a thing what is that mm. um but it's different to a full editorial um report 
And so, you know, another friend sent me hers just so I could look over it. And you, know, you just start to understand the industry and you start to understand the trends and you start to understand if your writing has a place in the market and mm. and and what you want to do as well like set your own goals I mean for me it was just about finding readership I was very happy in the end to be traditionally published but I but also I would have self-published because what's the point in my books just sitting in a drawer mm -hmm. you know yeah. um so that was very much the path I was on uh, but I learned an awful lot whilst having that goal and of course my goals have changed but that's okay too because goals are not set in concrete so Anyway, that was all a very long rambly way. No, saying. it's really it's really valuable though because as soon as you expand yourself and like open your mind, it's like the what happens is you get overwhelmed because you don't know, and then as soon as you start yeah. to learn and and it's like oh yeah. actually I can do this, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's exactly yeah. right. It was all overwhelming to begin with, and now I feel like you know I'm I might be that person at the next writers festival that will be able to talk to another author that hasn't been published yet and that I can say I was you and that I did all these things yes <laughs> yes absolutely and you're so right it's such a beautiful community like it, you I don't think I've ever gone to anything and there's been like it's such a beautiful welcoming warming community of writing it's it's really good yeah absolutely it really is and it's so engaging too because you know there's very few other um, industries where you can turn up not knowing a soul and before you know it you're meeting the author you're getting a book signed um, everyone's welcoming and I think I, I, I can't think of a single person who's a successful author who hasn't had to work very very hard yeah. so it's you know everyone relates to where you're at <laughs> and um, that that helps you know you just feel like you're in a, in a safe space yeah, absolutely. Build that community. I love it. And where can everyone get in contact with you, Liz? Where can we find you? You've got a beautiful website with a lady hanging on a swing. <laughs> I do. I do. So, my, so pretty much I, I'm everywhere. And um, Liz Foster is my URL, lizfoster.com.au. I'm also on Instagram, Liz Foster Author, uh, Facebook page Liz Foster author and X is Liz Foster author although I might actually not be on X for much longer um and TikTok yeah Liz everywhere I'm up, excellent I'm, yeah so I'm just about to start a series of TikToks which is very fun oh my god I honestly I'm all for TikTok right now and like the book talk is wild I love it I love it so much it's it's just what what I love about it is you can just look like an idiot that's all right because everyone does <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's a lot less posed than Instagram I quite like yeah. <laughs> I agree I agree Instagram's all very sort of filters and sweat. my daughter gave me Instagram lessons the other day she came up in a very patiently explained mum this is how you have to do it and of course I'd posted all the wrong headshot with a something else and my head was chopped off and she was just I could just see her shaking inside so I think you know what I'm just going to go on TikTok because yeah. I don't care and yeah. nobody there cares and <laughs> you know it's where it's at I'm, I'm with you on that <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining us Alice. I will put all that all those details in the show notes so whoever's listening can can go and find you now and also grab a copy of the book so thank you thanks it's a pleasure thanks for having me